Welcome. Y saludos amigos. A nuestra presentación Revenge of the Pod, a pop culture pod primarily focused on film and television. I'm your host Luigi and this is my co-host Jason. What's up everybody? Glad to have you back this week. We're excited to have you with us today, guys, for another great show. Uh, let's get into it. How you been, Jason? Uh, I've been better, dude. I've been better. I'm sorry. Um, you know, all right. I root for them, too. <laughs> I root for them, too. What happened, Doc? Tell, tell our uh, listeners. NCAA tournament. Tournament still going on. We've made it. Uh, Texas Longhorns made it to the Elite Eight. That means the final eight teams out of the 68 teams that made the college basketball tournament pretty amazing <sighs> ended up losing on sunday uh it was a tough loss they were up by 14 at one point dude with like 10 minutes left and they just they got That's too comfortable and they just collapsed dude and it just broke my heart broke my heart that's rough sorry yeah. to hear that man yeah enough of that but that was pretty much my weekend i saw a movie which is uh which is pretty much will be our feature presentation yeah today, john wick you guys are gonna be yeah john wick's gonna be our feature presentation guys if you haven't noticed spoiler warning now right we're gonna spoil john wick there are spoilers for mando in this episode uh so if you don't want spoilers for those make sure that you check our timestamps uh so that you don't get those spoiled what about you, man? What do you got for concessions for concessions for us, bro? So me, nothing personally. I did go to an amazing Japanese barbecue and like hot pot place. Mm. It was kind of all you can eat ish. I mean, you you cook the meat right there, but it's super thin, so it cooks easy. And then the hot pot, you're like putting stuff in and eating it as it cooks. Yo, fucking some uh, of the best hot pot and barbecue I've had. Oh my god, it was good. It's a Korean barbecue, right? Is that what it's no, called? No, Japanese. It's Japanese. Oh. I know. I've been to Korean barbecue, too. Love me some bulgogi. But no, this one was uh, this was Japanese barbecue with some Kobe beef. Nice. See, that that, that shit reminds me of uh, my cousin Vic. Shout out, Vic, 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 Vic. Um, his, he loves him and uh, well, his, his girlfriend, too. They love themselves some uh, Korean barbecue. And they, like, go into places where you can, like, cook the food right in front of you. Right? So... Um, Next time you guys come down to San Antonio, you got to try wild Japanese barbecue and shobu. San Antonio. I, they ain't even paying me for this, guys. They should, but you know, they ain't. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> Promote their uh, place. So I got a couple pieces of news for you, actually. We got a little bit of a newsreel. So Victoria Alonso exited Marvel. Now, it said she resigned, but it's sounding more and more like she may have been pushed to resign. Uh, she was the one who was the head overall of VFX. Not gonna lie, man, VFX haven't been great. They've been pretty shoddy. Like you compare Star Wars and Marvel VFX, and Star Wars is significantly better. Oh, it it is noticeable, especially watching Mando. I'm like, my God, there's a lot better CGI in Mando than there are in most of the Marvel shows, if not all. Honestly, man, this could be for the better. Because like you said, it just the VFX for other other things are just so much better, and it just kind of feels like it's lacking. Maybe it's just because of all the like you said they earlier we they let go of a lot of people, but still it's just been lacking. Or maybe all the products that they had to push where they are just not hitting their goals, so maybe slowing it down could do it better. But I'll look, maybe this could maybe be for the better. You know what's crazy too? She was there since like Iron Man two in two thousand eight. That is crazy. 
Yeah, she was one of the OGs, like with Luis Desposito and obviously uh, Kevin Feige. But well, maybe, I guess, maybe it's not her. Maybe it's just uh, she's you know the they fall got guy. They, yeah, the fall yeah. gal. Yeah, fall gal. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I mean that's a possibility. Because you look at it, and there's a lot going on at Disney right now. I mean, they're still doing the layoffs. Bob Iger came back as CEO, and he was the one that got all these properties in the first place. Right. I feel like there's just a lot of movement, and they're trying to make all the best moves to get the best quality back. Because, you know, as much as I love Disney stuff, I do. I mean, I I can't hide it. I love Marvel. I like the Disney animated stuff. I like Pixar. I'm starting to like Star Wars quite a bit now. Um, Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm, I don't think I'll ever be as big of a fan as you, maybe, or some of our our cohort. But I I will say, like it's like Mando. I really like that show. I really like Andor. Uh, some of the movies, Rogue One. I don't care what anyone says. Solo, loved that movie. <laughs> those those were like my favorite <laughs> Star Wars things. Um, and Revenge of the Sith because that's the best Jedi stuff I've seen. Anyway. So it's it. I think there's just a lot of movement, man. I'm oh. wondering though, because people are like, "Oh, she was she was doing a lot of things for like diversity within the company." So I'm wondering if the stories are going to kind of move uh, in a different direction. I hope they still start, you know, doing different kinds of stories because they've done well with it. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I feel like Coco did really well, uh, and Ganto did really well. Turning Red did really well. These movies are still pretty solid, and the creators Soul. did it with a lot of love. Soul did really well. I don't know if it did really well, but it was a damn good movie. I don't know. So I feel like Soul did really well. I feel like that's all I saw on social media for like the longest time. Yeah, I guess because it went straight to streaming, I can't really gauge it. And I don't know if they charged people. Yeah, I think it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, so I don't exactly. know how much they were able to get on a return. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, true that. But it was still really good. Really it good. was. It was a very good movie. Um, but anyway, moving on, we'll see what happens in the Marvel world. We'll see if the CGI changes. You're not going to see it anytime soon. Uh, but I guess probably the movies that come out maybe next year or the year after, we'll see yeah. the CGI changes. I'm saying, like, how you make Avatar? Sorry, l- let me just go for a second. <laughs> how do you make Avatar? Avatar. Like, you see, have you seen Avatar 2 yet? No, not yet. Oh, I'm waiting until it comes out so I can see it. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. You got to see it in the theater. Bro, so that movie's like... made for it. Mm. You're all, nah, pass. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. At least watch it on the biggest screen you can watch it on. Will you do me that favor? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. All right. <laughs> anyway, they have some of the best like effects I've ever seen in pretty much anything. Star Wars is doing pretty solid. And then some of these Marvel movies look like trash some of these shows look like trash it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense but anyway we got to move on uh the daniels i mentioned that they were directing skeleton crew it is not a movie it is a show and they only did one episode of the skeleton crew so i just wanted to clear that up Uh, Uh, in case you guys were waiting for a movie no it's a show and they directed one episode still interested in seeing it Definitely excited to see what this show is like if they're putting directors like them onto the show. Really exciting to watch. So there, it's kind of like a Mando where they have like different directors for like each episode. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think cool. 
That makes sense. Okay. And by the way, I really hope Bryce Dallas Howard did another episode in, in this season. Because, man, her episodes of Mando were fucking good. They've been like pretty she, good. Yeah. She gets it. She gets it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to, into, into trailers. So I saw a few in the movie that we went to see. Jason, we saw it separately. But did you see any of the previews that I have on our notes? You know what? I think I went to go use the restroom during the trailers. So I think I missed a few of these. The Jake Gyllenhaal one does sound very familiar, though. So we'll start with that one. It is a Jake Gyllenhaal starring Guy Ritchie film called The Covenant. And I'm going to say that The Covenant. uh, It is based on a veteran from the Afghanistan war. Uh, Towards the end, it looks like. Because it's an it, it's very timely, right? Because when they pulled out of Afghanistan recently, a lot of these interpreters and locals that worked with the military were left started behind. getting they were left behind and got hunted down. And what I'm assuming is most of them are dead by now. Um, and this is a story about an interpreter that carried Jake Gyllenhaal's character like across the desert to safety after an attack, and he gets stuck there after. And, and gets, I think, kidnapped, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, my God. Or he's God. trying to get his family out. He's trying to get his family out. Isn't and Jake Gyllenhaal's, like, like, going back. Eh, you know, maybe. It is one of those too soon stories, right? You're like, this Jesus, just happened, dude. I think, what, last year? Yeah, let the wound heal for a second, bro. That's kind of fucked up, honestly. Like, uh, they are taking understand advantage that this is going on. Yeah, they are taking lot. advantage of the moment. But I do want to like see the story. mad about that. I don't know. I, I think... It's a military movie, man. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't paint him as a as a a criminal, and it doesn't necessarily say that the the army are criminals, right? Like it's just they had to get out. There's nothing they could do. Yeah. Um, there was there were only so many that they could save. I guess would be the the phrase. Although people people that I personally know were like, yeah, that's true, but also these people were high and dry, so. We should have found a way to answer for that. Anyway, um, so that's The Covenant, uh, and it's a Guy Ritchie film, man. Guy Ritchie does some good stuff. I, I mean, I liked Snatch. I, I enjoyed Rock and Rolla, so this looks a little more serious than that. It's got a little less uh, less of a vibe, but it's 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 got a story that I want to hear. Now, another one that actually, I don't know if it's going to be any good, but it looks very much like The Exorcist, like the original Exorcist. Did you see this? The Pope's Exorcist coming out in April. Uh, I did not see that one. I think, dude, I think we saw completely different trailers. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, Russell Crowe starring in this one, and it's the Pope's Exorcist. It is how it sounds. He is literally the 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 exorcist for the Vatican, and he his only boss, apparently, according to the preview, is the Pope, and the devil himself or this intense demon is trying to. Uh, He's trying to possess him. Trying to like possess he's, the Pope. He's trying to possess the, the exorcist. Imagine, oh. imagine the damage you could do. Uh, yeah, but well, anyway. I mean, in the first exorcist, didn't the guy that was doing the exorcism got possessed at the end and killed himself? Yeah, he that how it worked the, out? Yeah, he yeah, jumped yeah. out okay. the window and then fell down the stairs. Yeah. 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 The priest. I'm sure that's that's gotta be like a uh what's it called? an influence on it because the even the the little boy reminds you of of the little girl linda blair's character from the exorcist man oh uh, he's pretty intense you should check out the preview it's pretty intense 
I think I might see it. I think I'll have to watch that one alone because uh, Gabby's not into the demon stuff. Totally understand that. Yeah, the demon but, stuff does freak me out, honestly. Yeah. I'll still watch I'm, it, though. I'm still going to watch it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one I wanted to mention. It just looks so weird. Like, there's moments where he's walking through animation or, like, cardboard cutout uh, sets and I'm like, what is going on here? And this guy has like a serious issue with his mind. It's, it's weird. It is called Bo is Afraid starring jo- Joaquin Phoenix in April. If someone could just watch that preview and tell me what is happening exactly. Uh, it looks like a guy who may have some arrested development. But it just looks in, like an all kinds of weird movie. And I don't know what to expect of it. But it's Joaquin Phoenix. So I'm going to give it a shot. Again. I'll let you guys know how weird it is. Another trailer that didn't pop up on my trailer. So we definitely, I think it has to be because you're in Texas, I'm in Arizona. So I saw completely different trailers. Are you <laughs> kidding for real? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding at all. So uh, you, I, saw, I saw the Mario Bros one, which comes out. Oh, soon. yeah. yeah. Why wow, you saw that one before John Wick? It, yeah, dude. Hey, man, <laughs> who are they aiming the for there? I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, the, the right crowd because people who are watching John Wick are most likely millennials, which are our age that grew up on fucking Nintendo. So it's it's, it's a perfect, just very much it's a perfect trailer to put on there, dude. I'm sorry, it just looks like a it's it's a kids movie. You know what I mean? And John Wick is the very opposite of a kids movie. Like they're gonna make more of their money off kids than they are off millennials. This is yeah, just no, interesting no, way to spend them. Oh, I'll bet you um, money they are. I bet you money they are. <laughs> I will bet um, you money. Mario is still popular to this day with children. They are going to make most of their money off kids. I am telling you. I am confident of that. Luigi, you're going to lose that bet because who are you taking to go see that movie? Got ya. Okay. Who's paying that money? <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah, the same, yeah, right. though. Boom. That's lost. not the same. I, <laughs> yes, I, I don't necessarily know if I would have gone to see it like without Katya. I'd probably yes, be like, oh, wait till yes, it comes out. Would've. Guess who uh, I would not have gone to see Sonic. Guess what? I'm going to go see Mario Bros. without a kid. I'm just going to go okay. see it by myself. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure there are more children <laughs> that want to see this movie than adults. That's all I'm saying. It's literally... Yeah. Like, I'm just saying. I'll try to watch it like either super late at night or like early where like I know like there's not going to be any kids there because I ain't trying to be around all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all the kids yelling nah, 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 nah. you know i'm not popcorn being thrown yeah it can get to be a lot yeah. um i've never had the popcorn throwing thing but there no, are I'm, always I'm, kids talking yeah not popcorn throwing but just you know uh just popcorn all over the floor when you're walking out of the theater you know just mm-hmm. crying babies and stuff like that shout out to parents you know take your kids to theater they gotta learn how to be out in public i get it um but yeah as a single person, and not a single person, as a person that doesn't have parents, uh, the parents, kids, sorry. Um, yeah, you just you're just like, oh gosh, because I just want the, I just want to watch the movie. You know what I mean? Oh, I get you, I get you. That's why I would probably wait till it's like a dollar movie or two dollar movies. Do those even exist anymore? Yeah, see, but then, then you get, yeah, they do. You still get people that that. Oh, afford, you're still you gonna know? get that, but yeah, yeah you yeah. know. It's two bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, exactly. you're paying for less of the experience. So, anyways, uh, anyways. <laughs> all right, let's move on to TV land. Well, before we do, I got one trailer for you. 
Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. And this one I'm really excited about. Oh, um, okay, okay. So they announced that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they're going to release... Uh, there's a game that's in the works inspired by God of War, the video game, which I know you love. It is very um, good. And it's based off of the comic book series that came out, I want to say in 2020, The Last Ronin. <clears throat> Did you do you know anything about The Last Ronin by chance? Uh, it is... So it is a dystopic version of the Ninja Turtles. There's only one turtle left. Correct. You'd be surprised to know which one it is. Um, and Shredder has killed the rest of them. Yes. Shredder ended up... Oh, yeah. And, well, Splinter is already dead, too. So um, I have the first issue of the comic, and it's it's pretty dark, dude. Like, And it's it's uh, kind of gory. Like, he, he is killing all these other people because he's trying to get revenge on his brothers. And throughout the whole comic book series, he is talking to himself, but also... Kind of like Deadpool, you know how he talks to himself like in his head, but instead of him talking to himself, it's his other brothers talking to him throughout the series. So he's kind of like going through it like he is really messed up um, in the head because of his brothers dying. Um, You don't know at first who which turtle was the one that survived because he's wearing all black and he has all the weapons from his uh, previous past brothers. At the end of the first issue, you find out who it is. Um, I don't want to ruin it for everyone because if you haven't read the comics, obviously you don't you don't know who who it is. I know who it is, um, which is which is pretty awesome. And you kind of I, I I didn't finish end up reading the comics. I might have to ask Jermaine to send me screenshots of the because I don't I think he got them uh, so I can uh, finish the rest of that series. But it's very dark way a dark tone of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I think could help it in the game-wise because the storyline is really good based off of what I was reading. And the action sounds pretty awesome uh, based off of the storyline and how it goes. And he's just trying to get revenge for his brothers. And like, he's just super dark, not like the regular Teenage Mutant Turtles that we know and love. Um, So I'm excited for that, dude. I know. I know what's weird is the original Ninja Turtles were super gory and dark too. So I feel like it yeah. it goes back to its very, very original roots, weirdly enough. I'm excited for that. If it's inspired by God of War and they're gonna try to do it in that style, bring it. It's gonna right. be a fantastic game. It's gonna be a fantastic game. All right, for real this time, moving on to TV land. You got an update for us. <laughs> I definitely do, man. So as I told you this past weekend. Got to watch all of season seven of Game of Thrones. And I'm going to tell you right now, before I get started, all my key points that I just want to bring up. Everyone has been saying that after season six, it kind of drops. To me, that is not the case. What I tell season, you? Season seven, tell is, you? season seven is probably my favorite season. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yes. I, I don't know if I could say it's my favorite. I, I still I, I think, think season I six is dope as fuck. I think I can. Only, and I think, so I'm going to say this before I get some key points about the story. I think the reason why I think I love it so much is that because the whole time it's building up all these characters, right? And uh, so we see some of them go apart and they go on to their own quest and do their own thing. And what I love about season seven is that they, they meet, they finally meet back with each other, but they're, they're different. They've all went through their own journeys and they're different, even though they love each other, they're different. Not only that, we've also met some characters from the beginning. Maybe we hated them or loved them and they 
did their own journey too. Maybe we hate them and they meet back with other characters that have never met with each other. And now they have to be teammates and stuff like that, or just interacting with each other for the very first time. I thought it was very well done. Um, to me, it didn't feel rushed. Uh, we got a lot of closures uh, to a lot of stuff, which mm-hmm. uh, the first one that I want to bring up was Olena Tyrell. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, dude. Her house gets gangster, yeah. dude. Though, like, God, yeah. her house gets attacked because they thought that they were gonna they were gonna defend Castle Rock, so they send all their troops over there, and which leaves House Tyrell open for Jamie Lannister and his army to take over. Um, so they go up to Elena and Jamie goes up to her and he's like, Hey, we're gonna kill you. I'm sorry, this is it, this is treason. Um, Cersei obviously fucking hates your ass, and I begged her not to kill you like in the worst way possible. So we made a poison for you that will just kill you right away, no pain, nothing. She's like, Are you sure? She's like, Yeah. So she chugs it right away, and as soon as she does that, she says, I was the one that killed Joffrey. It wasn't your brother. It was me. Fucking epic ass scene, bro. Like, I think it was just, it made my jaw drop. And I was like, oh my God. I like looked at Jamie and I was like, no way he just told Jamie Lannister that. That shit was fucking nuts. And he's just the smug uh, victory in her face. Yeah. It's like, like, I still get the last fuck you. Yeah, exactly, dude. Oh my god, dude. That was fucking epic. I loved Yeah, obviously she dies and that that sucks, but like also it kind of just plants a seed into Jamie Lannister like am I really doing what's right or am I doing it because I, I am in love with my sister? I Later on we find out. We'll, we'll get down that road. Jon Snow, bro. One of the best characters ever, dude, in, in yeah, all of yeah. my TV history, bro. Uh, uh-huh. this, 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 <laughs> this season especially, man. Uh, you just He's just a good man. He's just like his father, Ned Stark, dude, who actually is not his father. But right. he's just a good fucking person, dude. And but he's, he's a like, lot like Ned. He is yeah, a lot like Ned. No a matter lot like what, Ned. he's a lot yeah. like him. It doesn't matter. He's the man gonna, that raised him. Yeah, he doesn't let pride take the best of him. He's willing to do what's best for him, but also best for the people, but also being true to himself and being an honest man and a, just an overall good person. He's like, yeah, this is going to bite me in the dust, and I'm going to do it. And this whole season, he was willing to do that. That was awesome, dude. And he was able to convince Khaleesi to to be on his side. Um, speaking of that, <laughs> they go back up north to see is like I need to bring proof back to Cersei because if we don't bring back proof that there's actually the living fucking dead, we're just gonna be fighting a war with each other. And after we kill each other, the dead are just gonna come wipe us out. So they go up north, and they team up with the hound, they team up with Jorah, who gets cured by Sam Tarley. That's fucking crazy in itself, you know. I know that whole storyline, you're like, dang, who would have thought? This would happen when you first met these two characters. Exactly. Dude. I never thought Jorah or Sam Tarly would ever meet. And Sam Tarly ends up saving his life. That's fucking crazy. Um, so they all make it up north to try and bring back proof. And they 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 find the dead, <laughs> sure enough. And it looks like they're going to fucking die. And they end up getting saved by uh, Khaleesi um, and her dragons. 
But the Night King, is, is that his name? The Night King? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ends up shooting down one of the dragons. Dragon dies, falls into lake. They manage to escape. And now Khaleesi is like, I'm convinced that, yeah, okay, cool. We need to team up with uh, Cersei and stuff. And they, 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 they evacuate. The Night King sees that, pulls up the dead dragon, and now he has a dead dragon. That was that was pretty nuts, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole the whole sequence where they end up on that like platform on the ice, surrounded. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is intense. My so the reason people say it was rushed in that sense is because of how quickly they got there. And that I feel like it's explainable how, how um, Daenerys got there because she's got a dragon; she can fly. That that speed Easily. has got to be pretty damn quick. Um, but the fact that they were able to get so far up north so quickly is what throws me off. Because not all of them rode her. I'm like, eh. but it's it's those little things, and it's funny for me. I still I've told you many times I still like season seven. I think it's still pretty good. I don't think it's I, I think season six is better, was... but you don't you're not telling me you think that season could have been a full ten episodes easy. Easy. Oh yeah. No, no, it could have been a full ten episodes, but I liked everything <clears throat> about it. I when we finished it, we're like, oh that was kind of you're right. It was kind of fast, but like I liked every moment about it. Yeah. Well, season eight it it gets a lot faster. For me, there was it was like breakneck pace. But I liked season seven. I'm glad you're this far, man. I'm glad okay. you're this far. Ah, um, great show. Great show. Another thing that I liked, uh, Sansa finally outwits Littlefinger. Or not mm. finally, but outwits him and fucking kills. She is the one that fucking kills him. Because the whole time Littlefinger in that, this season was trying to turn Sansa against <clears throat> Arya. Saying mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, she's trying to kill you. Like, well, like, why is she back? Is she trying to kill you? Blah blah blah. You need to think smarter. Like, and he's like, what would you do? Like, why would you think she's that? Just like blah blah blah, all this stuff. And then when they come to bring Arya to be judged, she doesn't. She's not judging her. She's judging fucking Littlefinger. Ah, oh, that moment, dude. Just getting justice from everything that Littlefinger has done. Awesome. And not to mention that Brandon is back. Uh, he's a three-eyed Revan, so he knows and he sees all. Ah, so it's, it's great. It, it did move fast, but I think I got everything that I needed because all the buildup from seasons one through six led it up to season seven. And that, that's why I don't think it was rushed because I think all this was a buildup to this. Yeah. I will say I, a lot of people don't like a certain battle in season eight. I love that battle. Maybe that's just me. So mm -hmm. you let me know what you think. Because it's a little dark. <clears throat> hey, yeah. How'd you know? Yeah. That was, <laughs> you know, memes, everything, you know. I still Social like media. it. <laughs> but yeah, I still like it. But yes, watch it yeah. like in a dark room, in a very dark room. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to highlight, uh, just uh, Khaleesi fucking up the Lannister army as well and Jamie Lannister realizing like I don't think we can win this so Jamie has to try and convince Cersei to like yo you we need to like team up with them I think what they're saying is true and then Cersei is just 
in her own world, bro. Like just looking for revenge as she gets revenge on uh, the Dornish wife, Prince Oberyn's wife, because she finally gets a hold of her and has to force her to watch her daughter being poisoned just the way that uh, Cersei's daughter was poisoned. Ugh, that was evil. Evil fucking move. I don't know if you remember that scene. Uh, well, yeah. But um, and so, see, yeah, and me, she's like, why don't you just kill I'm me? Like, I get it, but I'm like, yeah. Yeah, if, if someone poisoned my kid, maybe I would do that. <laughs> if I had the chance, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Sadistic, You're maybe. Right. Maybe. A little, but I little don't, sadistic, I don't hold, but I might have done the same. I don't yeah. hold that as much against her as some of the other things she's done. For sure. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. I don't know. But, that was pretty evil. I, but I get it. But I get it. <laughs> I, I hate how much of a one-track mind she has, though. You're totally right. She just... She does not see past her hate for for people. It's crazy. Dude, it's not, crazy not, how yeah. much she enjoys it. She just enjoys Dude, hating people. Exactly. And <clears throat> and Jamie finally tells like, your brother didn't kill Joffrey. Jamie fucking like you said, but like her hate is just there. Like, nope, that's it. Once she has hate for a person, that's it. There's no going yeah. back. She always hated Tyrion. She always hated him. Always. Always. She blamed him for their mother's death. She didn't like the fact, obviously, that he was um, he was a small. He, yeah, he was a little yeah. person. She, she, she hated everything about him. She hated everything about him. His demeanor. I, they, yeah, they never got along. But anyway. And, and so Cersei sees Jamie kind of leaning towards that side. And then she's like, well, we're having a baby. <clears throat> and I'm going to say it's yours. And she's like, well, but like, well, what, what what, people say? And she's like, I don't care what people say. I'm the fucking queen. So that's another, like, it's like Jamie is a, about to turn to the, the side with Jon Snow and Tyrion. And every single fucking time Cersei has, every, every fucking time has something to just fucking pull him back as his little fucking puppet, dude. Fucking hate her for it, dude. I fucking love Jamie. That's so funny because at the beginning of the so show, blinded by love. you forget this is the same guy that pushed a child out of a window. Exactly. Because, <laughs> and then and then you realize you're like, oh, because fucking Cersei had him in the palm of his fucking hand. You know, he's a grown man too. I mean, come on. I, uh, I don't. I don't. I, I don't, don't know. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. The show. Like you watch Jamie change as a person, but he still did what he did. You know what I mean? Like he was still that guy. Yeah, I don't think I, guess I don't so. think he was ever as bad as Cersei was ever. Yeah, I I, I guess that's why I think he can be redeemed because he also yeah. tried. He saved Tyrion from being executed and all this stuff. Like he's done some redeemable things. Cersei has she done redeemable things? Hell no, bro. No. She should be fun. Hell no. I think the only thing, and even at that, like as you mentioned, she failed. Uh, the only thing she was pr- fairly good at was keeping her kids alive. I'm like, man, they still died. But she was cutthroat about it. If her kids had had the same mindset as her and listened to her, they would have been a pretty strong unit. But none of her kids ever listened to her, which. For the better of the show, because if they had been united, 
Cersei and those kids could have gotten a lot further. But anyway. Yeah, I guess you're right. All right. Let's move on. That's enough uh, Game of Thrones talk. How, how old is this show at this point? Oh, who knows? <laughs> anyway. Maybe, maybe 10 years. Just kidding. And moving on to Mando. Jason. Mando episodes three and four. What you thinking? How you feeling? There's all kinds of things going on. We got a whole side story. I know, right? I, I didn't think that was it was going to go that route from the previous episode that we saw. I was like, I wanted more of this. Like we saw the Methosaur, right? W- w- what's going on? Um, it goes into the side story of a scientist from what uh, season one uh, that was doing the cloning experience on Grogu. I didn't think we were going to see that guy again. I'm like, I was kind of pissed at first. I was like, why, why are we learning about this guy? Um, after watching the entire episode, I was like, you know what? This is actually a really good episode because it kind of shows, right? The, the empire falls, right? There's obviously still people that were following the empire, but the emperor's gone. Everything's gone. So obviously there's has to be an amnesty program. Kind of like, you know what it reminded me of like world war two, right? Yeah. Even though Germany lost, they kind of got put all these all, all the people that all the burden on them right and i mean right isn't that kind of what happened in world war one like all the burden was put on them and they went into poverty and uh hitler was pretty much able to rise from that because of that and caused yes. world war Two, right yes that's what it kind of feels like right because empire went down what's going to happen in the sequel I, I feel like all this is leading up to the sequel movies right the empire's oh, yeah. down and then the first order rises it's mm-hmm. it's it just kind of shows that, like, yeah, even though you guys won the war, there's still stuff that, we're, and people are still trying to build from stuff or just trying to catch up. It, it's just kind of a nice way to see, like, the losing side of it and all the damage it can really do. Um, so it's not all fucking flowers and ice cream, you know? Uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I feel like it definitely lays the seeds for the sequels, especially with. The fact that the doctor that they target is is specifically a doctor for cloning, right? So we know that in the sequels, there's spoiler alert, guys. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a, an issue. Well, not an issue, but that's how the emperor is supposed to come back, right? Palpatine. Yeah, he was cloned, and uh, Snoke was actually a a clone failure of like the early experiments of before they were able to make Palpatine, which is pretty interesting. Oh, no um, kidding. I did not even know that. You just you just dropped some knowledge on me. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was pretty frustrating uh, the, watching the sequels. And I think um, why I like Mando is, is it's kind of reminded me of like the Clone Wars cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Um, because as much as I like the prequels, don't get me wrong, there's there was a lot of problems with it. But because they added on the Clone Wars cartoon series, it was able to save the trilogy, the, the prequel trilogy for me and make it even that much better. I think it gave more depth to Anakin. It added Ahsoka Tano and it kind of just shows his turn. It makes his turn makes a lot more sense with the whole so cartoon much more sense. Because Jesus. from the move from the second movie to the third, you're like, how the fuck did he just turn so quick like that? You're like, what? Like, I know time passed, but like what happened in between that? And the cartoon series just explains that so well. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God for this. Because I don't know if I would have been able to like the prequels as much as I do now. 
Um, I, I did. Yeah, enjoy I them. definitely feel yeah. different about the prequels now. I mean, it took me some time. You're right. I really, I didn't like the prequels, and I didn't really like the originals that much. So I was just like, mm. yeah. Well, and, and then, now with the shows, it's that's different now. Yeah, and then it's Rogue changed. One kind of helps a, a, a New Hope. Although New Hope, I think, was already amazing, but it kind of fills in that, um, <clears throat> like, okay, how did they know where to shoot in that area, and why is there such a huge <laughs> flaw in the dark in the Death Star? Well, Rogue One fills in that hole. It was because an engineer that wasn't really with the Empire created that flaw without them knowing, and it just it just ties in the whole stories together. And I think what the Star Wars creators and the people that like understand that they hear their fans and like, oh, there's all these these loose ends that we need to tie or all these potholes that we need to fill. And they're pretty good about doing that by doing this with these sideshows. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of have to give props to them on that. Um, it just sucks because you're like, ah, the side story, but like it kind of is like, okay, people were hoping that uh, the sequels was actually not going to be canon, the movie sequels. But uh, Mando is kind of confirming that, yeah, this is where it's going to lead to. So you just got to get, hey, suck it up, guys. Star Wars fans are the worst, and we'll we'll get into it later. <laughs> you'll, you'll forgive it later and be like, they were so good. Can you believe it? How did people not appreciate this before? <laughs> well, I'll explain even more later when episode four, when we get to episode four. So, yeah. um, so quick thing. I mean, the whole point is there's a scientist who used to do the cloning, right? He gets, I mean, he pretty much got, uh, what's it called when you, when they bait you into doing something? It was like a sting operation against him. Sting, yeah. Yeah, sting operation against him. And he got, I feel like that. So this girl who used to work with him uh, when he was working for, gosh, what is that guy's name? Uh, Gus uh, Fring. Moff Gideon. (laughs) Gus Fring. Moff Gideon. (laughs) (laughs) Gus Fring. Shout out Breaking Bad. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Moff Gideon. Yeah. Yeah. So they both worked for Moff Gideon. And I mean, she just seems off from the beginning, right? Her acting is solid in the fact that you you can tell that she's trying really hard to seem um, innocent and caring. Trustworthy is a better word. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Trustworthy. Trying to seem trustworthy uh, and helpful, but it, it all, like, you can somehow tell that it's all a ruse. Yeah. And by the end well, of it, she trust, gets him to try to, to break him, the law. Yeah. Right. Uh, but us seeing as, like, I, I think they did a good job at, like, making it look like she's trustworthy to him, but us knowing what's going on the, in the behind the scenes, it's like, <laughs> that's fake, which is, I think they do a really good job at that. So shout out to that. I, I love that you brought that up, Blue G. Keep yeah. going. And sorry. And no, you're good. Thank you. <laughs> and by by the time you get to the point where she convinces him, like, yeah, you should continue cloning, even though it's illegal. It's if it's good for the good of the empire, you know. Yeah. I or mean, we were doing it the, before, uh, and it was terrible. But if it's for the good of the empire, not I mean, not good for the empire, good for the people. <laughs> oh, sorry for the yes, the new yeah. republic and the people. Yeah. yeah. Not the empire. Opposite of that. And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, of course. And she finally gets him to go with her to pretty much ransack an old empire ship that has the kind of lab he needs it's a sting operation they get caught he's like what the hell have i just been framed what is going on and they put him in a mind flayer even though they say no it's it's been recalibrated it's it we don't put it that high on a setting but why is the setting still there jason 
Why, yeah, or, why does or it why, still have the setting? And why'd they leave? You know what? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, also, like, why do they have to do that? They don't, it just, it just makes no sense of why they, they're trying to, like, you know, tweak your brain or whatever it is. Cause, like, oh, yeah, you're bad. So we're just going to tweak your brain. You know, it's not that. It just takes more, it can take, it can take up to years to, to, uh, rehabilitate someone doesn't <laughs> mean you have to go messing with their brain it makes no sense again laying seeds for the for the new republic or not new republic the new the first order new, sorry Jesus. yeah the first order yeah the again, first yeah, order like you can see how people would want to dissent if people are still doing this this amnesty program isn't working that well this isn't like germany and japan after world war ii you know yeah um, exactly <laughs> So it, it's just interesting to see that they really do make it just make so much more sense. And in a, such a subtle way that works for the story, man, I felt like this whole side story was ripped out of an Andor episode. Dude. Yes. And Except uh, not as good of writing. I'll say that. Andor still has better writing. Oh yeah. Andor is hardly any flaws to that series. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Go on. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, Andor-esque. Like they're learning from what they're writing and like, all right, we got to build a story. We got to build characters outside of the Skywalker saga. And that's that's quite kind of like Mando. Uh, although Mando does do a lot of, you know, fan, you know, uh, fan callbacks, service. right? Fan service, what which is mean, great too. Like what, Luke Skywalker taking Baby Grogu to... Yeah, or Ahsoka, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but I love all that. I love that. But they still go follow a story and build in new characters that uh, we're starting to like a lot, you know. So yeah, um, they give you a little bit of both. So yeah, Mando has not been disappointed for <laughs> disappointing me lately. Um, at the at the end of the uh, this episode, though, it, it, it cuts back to um, Mando and <clears throat> Bo-Katan and Grogu coming back to. Um, I forgot what planet they went to, but where the uh, Mandalore? No, they're not in Mandalore. They're they're coming back from Mandalore, going to uh, where the the uh, the clan is hiding at. Remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, they ask uh, Bo-Katan, and like, hey, would you know? Uh, Mando said that he bathed in the waters, and they asked her if she was in the water too. It's like, yeah, I had to get him out of there. And it's like, oh, well, have you taken off your helmet since? It's like, no. It's like, well, then you're both. Uh, you're both uh what's it called uh restored and you guys can be part of this clan again and so she's like whoa what? that's crazy that's crazy and she was like well hey uh have you guys heard about the mythosaur blah 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 i was like yeah no one's seen it and she's like well she she doesn't bring it up which was kind of cur- weird right yeah the- yeah it's interesting to see that uh she was like, what she would you say if I said herself. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, yeah, well, then lucky for you, no one's has seen one in eight, like, decades, uh, centuries, right? I, I I don't remember how long ago it was. Um, and that's how it ends. Right? No, that's, uh, you're mixing up episode four and episode three a little bit. Oh, really? Uh, oh, okay. Okay. My bad. Well, I, I know she, uh, she, she brings up the Methosaur. Oh no, she asked, she asked Mando and it was like, hey, did you see anything down there? He's like, no. And she's like, oh, okay. And keeps her mouth quiet, right? That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah. They're no longer apostates. They're back into it. Um, <laughs> and then of course she keeps it to herself that there was first off, she didn't mention anything about Mando getting pulled to the bottom of the uh, waters. 
And then she doesn't mention that on the way back up from saving him, she sees a mythosaur. Uh, she just keeps it to herself. She's all, did you see anything down there? Anything that you might want to talk about? And he's like, nope. Well, no, nah, man, I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy to be. Well, yeah, it is dark, right? He didn't have his light on. He just fell straight down because he has yeah. all that armor and it just goes straight down. That's crazy. Um yeah, which is cool. Um, they're they're back in the planet. Uh, start off in episode four. Uh, this giant flying monster ends up taking one of the. Oh well, before we go into that, uh, they're starting to uh, train Grogu to be a Mando. Yeah, yeah, they are. You see, yeah. you see all these people still training with all these different these different items, right? They're doing hand to hand combat. They're doing knives. They're doing fire. They're doing any weapons that you've seen Mandalorians use. They are practicing with them right now. It's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. dope, man. I thought it was cool. I like how you teach the young leans to become Mandalorian. And uh, a kid does bring up something. He's like, hey, uh, you know, they had, you have to fight this kid, you know, to practice and stuff like that. He's like, I, I don't want to fight him. He doesn't even have a helmet on yet. Like, that means he's not he's not ready. Uh, he's not old enough yet. And uh, sure enough, they still let Grogu fight him. And uh, Grogu prevails in the most cutest fashion. Um <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was, I was, I thought it was cute as shit, but also kind of cool, but also kind of cheesy the way he of jumped. Course. You know of what course. I mean? Everything can't be perfect. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so he wins, uh, right? Yeah. Also, kind of goes. It goes to show like how good he can be, truly be as a Mandalorian with uh, using the, you know, obviously his four skills, uh, and hopefully he can. Ha, uh, harness both the force and then the skills of a Mando to become, you know, I already talked about this, maybe the true leader of, of Mandalore one day. Yeah, we'll see if that happens, man. Um, <laughs> going into episode four, though, as you mentioned, like after this happens, I, I feel like there's a, a gap in time that I don't quite remember. But at some point, shortly after this, while they're all talking, that young boy that was fighting against Grogu ends up getting taken by a raptor, which is one of those giant flying dinosaur-looking creatures on this planet. Why are they here, Jason? Why, Dude. Why are they here? <laughs> Dude, that's what I said. Uh, I, I turned around to Jamie, and I was like, oh, my God, they just fought this, like, crocodile thing from the water, and now they're fucking fighting this flying fucking creature that snatched one of the one of the younglings. And it's not like, even the first, like, you heard them say, like, oh, yeah, this happens, dog. I was like, what? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> also, they're hiding out, so maybe this is the only planet that they can go to where they can hide out safely. So that could be another thing, right? Yeah, maybe, but I'm still wondering, like, how have you not figured out how to kill this thing yet, man? You, they ju We just saw a montage of them doing all kinds of training and fighting, and then <laughs> I just... Yeah. There's a problem here. I was, that was one of my problems, right? Yeah. So they, they take the kid. Mando's like, you know, we can get him back. Um, so they, they you know, crew Bo-Katan. I know um, Bo-Katan immediately just, you see her her ship zooming past them, chasing after it to see where it goes. Is it me or does she feel a little more bought in? Still unsure. You can tell she doesn't know what to think yet. But she's definitely like, these are... These are my people. Like, I don't know. Maybe is that, yeah. is that the only one getting that feel? I, I do feel that. And I feel the reason is because of Clone Wars, right? She was always a warrior. And I think she 
from what I see is she's starting to realize like the way I used to do things, right? Like, you know, she fought with her sister, uh, Duchess Satine. Um, Duchess Satine was a, a peacemaker. It was like, no, Mandalore is, is no longer to fight. And she got upset. And she's like, no, we got to take things by force. And I think she's starting to realize that with the death of her sister, obviously. Spoilers, guys. It's in the Clone Wars. It's a long time ago. Um, I think she's starting to realize, like, maybe I need to approach things differently. And I think that's why this is. And maybe that's why she wants to accept it. Maybe she's seen all these signs. Maybe her seeing that Methasaur and stuff like that. She's maybe starting to believe in the true Mandalore again. Because <clears throat> maybe the ways she was doing things previously obviously did not work out for her. So maybe her trying this deep down inside could maybe work for her and kind of rekindle her, like, guilt, you know? I think she I felt pretty good when uh, they told her when uh, the armor told her that she was the leader of the war party since she was the one that found the nest. Right, She's like that's oh, yeah. dope. Obviously, the war party gets formed. Uh, they they track down the nest. Um, they go off to eat on their own, and she's like, "Hey, so how do we eat?" Uh, you know, you could do it the good old Dinjarin way, just under your mask. But apparently, everyone else just goes off into a corner and eats, and then comes back. <laughs> I found yeah. that interesting. They just added a whole lot. They're, I find it interesting because they're very specific with the lore in Star Wars. Like you, they they keep it consistent. So like this is what I'm assuming is like set for the Mandalorians, or at least this cult of Mandalorians. Like from right. here on out, and we're gonna see a lot of it. So I, I just found all those things interesting. I, yeah, I thought that was cool too, and how they explain it. So that that's that's really cool. So while they're awake, while uh, Bo-Katan mando and uh, another crew are off to try and save the youngling grogu is left back uh with uh the um Ooh, what's her, okay. the blacksmith lady what's her name the armor yeah the armor and um um you can tell grogu does wants to go with them is like you're you're too young you can't go come grogu i got much to show you we need to make a little armor for you and then make a little armor piece for him but while she is making him a suit or not a suit like a little chest a chest plate yeah. um there's banging and hammering and like it's it's taking grogu to flashbacks and of back to when he was about to it, it takes him back to pretty much order 66 and how he got out there was vague memories grogu can't remember a thing because of the trauma and all this stuff but somehow that banging on the um the armor plate uh, took him back, and we got to see we got to see a flashback, dude, uh, back yeah, to Order sixty six and how he actually got out. And a Jedi by the name of Kelleran Beck, uh, played by Ahmed Best, saves Grogu, and he gets away in a Naboo ship. Which I'm like, all right, okay, this this who is this Jedi? Um, how do you get the Naboo ship? Who sent him? And the first thing I was thinking is like, could it be Padme? It's like, no, because Padme is doing that thing where she's getting pregnant, where like she's about to give birth and a freaking uh, Anakin chokes her out. So I was like, <laughs> that can't be, you know, it can't be Padme. Could it be the other person who took over as senator when Padme was doing her own thing? And who took over as senator during Order Six uh, before Order Sixty Six? Jar Jar Binks. So I was like, could it be him that? sent for Grogu because Jar Jar Binks was around the Jedi so maybe he befriended Grogu when he was a kid I don't know bring it all and full circle bring it all the, full circle <laughs> I'm bringing it and the reason why it could be Jar Jar Binks is because Ahmed Best 
the one who saves Grogu, uh, the, the the Jedi, also played Jar Jar Binks in the prequel movies. Good for him, dude. You know how I much think that be he got you know yeah. how much shit he got for being Jar Jar Binks, dude. So much hate. He got he got death threats, and I think there's interviews of him where he like considered about taking his own life. Like that's how much he got bullied. That's how much people hated Jar Jar Binks, and that's how much people how much people hated the prequels. Dude, they hate it so much they blew their movies. Guy. They're movies. Like, yes, what's yeah. the fuck, man? Um, so it's I crazy. thought that was I thought that was really cool of Disney to what better way could you bring back a, an actor that people hated to love again? Have that person say Grogu from Order 66. And now be a badass Jedi, two badass two Jedi. lightsabers at one point taking out like holes. Whole squadrons. I'm, I'm being like crazy, but you get my point. Like he was a badass. His driving was, cool. was amazing, and that chase scene with the train. And he does the oh, last dude. minute turn. He he pretty much lands on a tiny ass strip with that little that little motorcycle looking hovercraft. It was it yeah, was, dude. Oh, it was dope. I, oh well, and which oh well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Which kind of we get to see Coruscant in two episodes, back to back. We haven't seen Coruscant in a while. You know, this the city, the the the, the city, the world made out of a, a it, that's a pretty much a huge city where there's a lot of flying cars and stuff. It was just kind of cool, nice to see Coruscant again, um, and how they depicted it. Because I'm honestly, guys, I'm tired of seeing the desert. Um, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing Tatooine. If I'm being completely honest, uh, it was just kind of a, a nice little callback to uh, seeing a, just a city and how. Uh, creative this these worlds in a galaxy can be so it was, it was really cool yeah so that being said then you need to check out i think the most recent episode of bad batch no there's an episode of bad batch that has a lot of coruscant but it wasn't the most oh recent. pabu was that it yes yes, yes was it pabu? Was yeah I, oh, well, that, we'll, we'll talk about that in another episode because i i need to catch up <laughs> we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk. Tipping point, which is the most recent episode. But uh, back to Mando. It it was just really good to see that time period and see how Grogu got out because you do you did wonder like how this kid get out? The kid barely got out. Like dude, barely, barely got out. There really were people just scrambling to get out of there. I really hope Kelleran Beck comes back on the show because. His character was dope. Ahmad Best did a great job at making me want to see more of him. I do. I really want to see because obviously they shoot up into light and into light speed, right? They're going to Naboo, right? So who does he go to? Who do they go to? Where does Grogu end up to the point where we meet him for the first time in season one, episode one? You know what I mean? So I I, I want to know that, and I think we're gonna get it. I hope we get it. That would be awesome. Oh, I think we will. I think we yeah. will. Um, but it was overall a really good episode. I mean, they get to, we haven't even talked about the fact that they get to the top of the nest next morning. <laughs> yeah. They climb up to the top of the nest and then Paz Vizla suddenly just like goes sprinting out there like, oh, there's a heat signature. And he starts running. They're like, what are you doing, bro? We're trying to we're trying to figure well, out what's happening. Son. He's like, it's that's my son. Man. Here's my thing. <laughs> he barely says it now. Like, what? <laughs> there was a. There were some issues in the episode. That's all I'm saying, but it was still fun to watch. But I was like, "How you, how you just been like chill about this the whole time?" It's like, "Oh yeah, that's my kid up there." And also, how long has that bird been flying around with the kid in her mouth? Well, not bird, Dude, but dinosaur, dinosaur bird thing, pterodactyl like 
thing. Yeah, that thing. Uh, getting ready to feed it to its uh, to its nest with that three little bird things that were bigger than uh, Mando and them. That, that they're big enough to eat, big enough to eat us. Yeah. You know. And of course, mom shows up right at that moment, spits the kid out. Paz Vizla's scene, and then it turns into a firefight with jetpacks. Uh, things go wild, and man, the way they beat that thing! First off, Mando is a G. It's always Mando that makes it happen. He clips one of her wings, and it's over. This whole time, they're like shooting her with different stuff, slowing her down, and then Mando clips the wing, and she starts falling down into the water. And none other than the Turtle Gator comes out of nowhere and Turtle Gator, I like that. Her out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was epic, dude. That was a, a fun action scene. Like, way, to, way yeah. to end it. You know, they gave us a flashback to Grogu, which was awesome at own action. At very action-packed episode, but still gave us enough to each of the storylines. Um, at, at first, it started off slow. I'm like, all right, where are we going with this in the storyline? But that flashback was really nice. And just you kind of see also Bo-Katan becoming one within that group and that cult. And just building a little bit more characters within the, uh, these uh, Mandalorian as well. Right. So. They come back. The war party comes back with the kid. Everyone's happy. And they also bring back those three baby raptors to raise them. Which makes sense. Because, right, like Mandalorians seem to be like... They'll take known... in younglings. Yeah. They'll... Well, they're also like known historically throughout the Star Wars world to like tame beasts. Right? Like they, they are the yep. ones that like ride monsters. So that's cool. Them kind of going back to that. Uh, but we also see Bo-Katan finally says, what would you say to the armor there alone? She still hasn't told Din Djarin anything. Well, because she, she lost a shoulder piece and mm-hmm. the armor is going to make her that thing. And the, yep, that's when she says. What She's like, you what would you say if I saw a mythosaur? And she'd be like, well, we all see mythosaurs in our, uh, you know, like visions and stuff. She's like, no, this wasn't a vision. Like It was real. And she, and then the armor. By the end of the conversation, she, I think she believes her, and she's like, "This is the way. Like you are, you are where you need to be." Is what I took it as, right? Like, yeah, yep. Like this mythosaur is clearly a sign, and that's going to be important later. I'm excited to see where they go with that storyline. It it kind of felt religious, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like a revelation. Yeah, someone was talking to a priest who has lost their way and coming back to someone, and they're like, "No, I really saw this." And it's like, "Well." yeah this is the way and then it's like whoa she's like starting to believe oh that'd be so awesome like just bo-katan just becoming a different person and being a better person because of this like she didn't know this is what she needed when we first saw her right yeah when we tames the mythosaur though yeah and then when we first saw her she had just pretty much given up hope everyone left her you know she's like just fucking rotting and where where she's at so like Ah, uh, this this would be also nice... another question I had. Why was she just sitting on that throne if nobody was coming by? You know what I'm saying? She's exactly. just chilling there all day doing nothing. You anyway. know, you just gotta capture the scene. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of problems with it. There's a lot of problems with Mando. Cin- but, uh, yeah, cinematic yeah. though. Cinematic. Yeah, yes. Cinematically was pretty badass, right? <laughs> <laughs> the questions to be asked. You know, <laughs> questions to be asked. Uh, all right, but that was that's enough for Mando. Definitely want to see what happens in the next episode, but we're not going to beat it to death. Let's get into our feature presentation. We saw a movie, Jason. I saw I saw, not just a movie, but an experience, my friend. It was quite the experience. Uh, would you say it is the best action movie you, of the decade? I think it's the best John Wick. Like, over time, I'm like, I think it might be the best John Wick. 
Ooh. Like I've thought about it Ooh. since yesterday, and I'm like, I think I like this one the most. This it could where... be recency bias, but I really like this movie. <laughs> I, I think it's recency bias. Could be, could be. I just, I think the the only one that might like be pretty close for me, and they all have good things about them because they're all great movies. The only one that might be close is the original, just because like you you just didn't see it coming. That experience was fantastic. Uh, in this one. I mean, it is, we're in spoiler territory here, but that's what you guys are here for. So it's his last outing, right? We know that we know this is the final hoorah. And what I, what I found so fun was that the cinematography in this movie was fantastic. The camera movements, the angles, the color, the color palettes that they used for their sets to make it look a certain way. Even the music. I I mean, I just thought it was such a well made movie it felt i felt like i was at the movies if that makes any sense like there are some movies where it's about the drama or it's like a kid's movie or it's like an action adventure but it's not like it's not the same feeling as like the magic of the movies i uh i have to agree 100 on that just because i think john wick is setting the tone of what action movies can be based off of like the action scenes and like the way it's being shot you know uh, another another one that comes to mind is like the daredevil fight scenes it's mm-hmm. just uh there's different ways that you can shoot action films and they they have it unlocked dude and oh my god yeah just i i just the whole time i was just like yo this is badass this is awesome you're like it feels like a movie like it, you feel like you're in the right place and like it's just shot perfectly and they took their time to edit it shoot the scenes perfectly like it just like you said from everything the way it was shot it just from top to bottom was great. Awesome. Now, I, I did think the plot development was simple, but it worked as it always does in these movies, right? Because they build yeah. on the lore and like the way this world works. And that's something for you to chew on, right? Like it, it, it's not always like there's this deep meaning to the story. It's vengeance, right? It's action. It's, it's right in your face, fucking punch to the stomach. But it gives you enough to think about after the movie, like, oh, there's this world. This is what they do. There's, these are the rules. Who are the people at the table? Like, where, what kind of businesses do they... Like, you have other questions that fill in some of those character development voids. And it works. To me, it works. Because I, I grew to like a lot of these characters with very little development. They used the right lines uh, to make these characters likable. They used just enough, for example, with... Um, Gosh, the Osaka, the Osaka hotel owner and his daughter. Continental. Yeah. um, Shoot. His name is. uh, uh, Well, his. his, Yeah. 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 The actor's (laughs) name is uh, Hiroyuki Sanada. He also played Scorpion in the reboot for Mortal Kombat. This guy's a fucking genius in action movies. Uh, Yeah. I like that whole storyline, too. Like you felt like uh, him and John Wick were, were friends for a long time. And um, the fact that they brought in Donnie Yen, the blind uh, guy, um, who's also an ex-friend of uh, John Wick. You guys might know Donnie Yen from the Ip Man movie series. I don't know if you've ever seen Ip Man. Yeah, I always thought it was IP Man until oh. someone said Ip Man, and I was like, oh, Ip is Man. It Ip Man? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. He's <laughs> somebody... Yeah, he's another great martial artist in, in movies. Like, hey, you know, some of the two is... best fucking amazing. I'm pretty sure he's the blind guy in Rogue One too, isn't he? He is. He is. Yeah, he likes yep. playing blind guys. 
Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that, but either way, the point is great action star. <laughs> um, hey, what did you think of Bill Skarsgård? What a little piece of shit, right? <laughs> dude, he played the role really well. I was like, I hate yeah, this yeah. guy, dude. Yeah, Marquee, dude, that one yeah. scene, that one scene where uh, he uh, stabs uh, Shamir Anderson, uh, known as the tracker in the movie, the one with the dog. Oh, in the hand. Yeah, and he has like, oh pull. my god, because uh, he's like, if you pull it out, if you pull the knife out, we're gonna kill you. The only way you can get that is if you remove your hand. So he had to slide his hand out. Oh, dude, that was disgusting, dude. Uh, Cole uh, was cringing a little bit. He like, I saw him like he put his eyes in front of him. I never thought I'd see Cole do that. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of times where I had trouble with. I, I don't know if it was that scene as well, where I was like, I had to turn away for a second and then turn back. I was like, No, no, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Look at it. <laughs> Dude, one of my favorite scenes, uh, one of the beginning fight scenes, was when they're attacking Ahsoka Continental, and uh, John Wick is fighting with um, uh, Hiroyuki's uh, daughter, and John Wick is is like fighting one of the like the soldiers that have like obviously armored plates, so it's really hard to shoot them. The only way you can kill them is if you get under their neck and shoot them in the gun to go towards their head. Mm-hmm. There's this one scene where he's getting ready to kick John Wick, and like John Wick is like fighting another guy, and John Wick's about to take that kick, but a fucking arrow goes straight to his knee, and he's he's he get and it gets stuck on the wall. So the guy's like, "Oh shit, stuck!" And then John that Wick was just pulled, such a well dude, done John Wick scene. just puts a gun to his neck and. Just, blows his head out oh dude that was like one i was like i thought that was super cool obviously with a when they're in paris uh, with the the car scenes right mm-hmm. where it's going in a circle that shit was awesome at the uh, what got the triumph the something sorry sorry I, french I, yeah sorry french people i have no idea please what let it's us called. know the exact name <laughs> we apologize yeah but just throwing bodies in the traffic oh, or arc, just... the arc the arc of triumph arc de triumph right arc de triumph we, yeah. I can't I can't pronounce it. I tried guys. Anyway. That, that scene was dope. And where he's like driving his car and like going in a circle and just like shooting the guys and just surrounding them. And he's just like so he's well. Doing, shot, he's doing it. Right? Yeah, he's doing a donut and he's shooting them. Yeah, that was that shot, the cinematography right there was amazing there as well. I, uh, where he's going up the stairs sequences. too. Yeah, going up the yeah. stairs. But one of my favorite sequences was when they're at that club and they're at the card table with the German. And then they, the Ooh, three yeah, of yeah. them get into an all-out brawl with all the guys in the club, with all the guys that are there with him. And then they make their way out into the club, into the water. There's a huge fight. That dude could throw some throw some punches and kicks. I was like, dang, it was it was just a huge fight from beginning to end. That is one thing I will say. And you know, don't get me wrong. Like I get it. Keanu Reeves isn't like a spring chicken, but there were times where you could see the scene kind of slow and the person waiting to be thrown and you're like, man, it takes me out of it a little bit. Oh but... yeah. There was, there was moments. Yeah. Where like the, uh, the stunt men were waiting for John Wick to turn around so they could fight him. Yeah. I saw, I saw a lot of those. I was like, Ooh, yeah. I, was like, I didn't see as much of those in the previous movies. No, but... I feel like he, he was quicker with his step. I think, you know, it's, it's he's at least getting up there in age. Yeah, he yeah. still did. He still did a pretty damn good job on a lot of the closer up scenes. But yeah, like when it was like him getting to the floor, I feel like they started having to use like, like a lot of stuntmen. I mean, he's he's a he's fifty eight, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ain't gonna be doing all that stuff on the floor. Are you kidding me? He's gonna hurt himself. Um, um I will say that that club scene kind of did 
uh, annoy me a little bit because like ain't no way dude they're shooting each other there's guns ain't no way those people maybe i don't care if they're on molly. i don't care if they're on molly i don't care if they're on ecstasy bro there's no way they're still dancing bro they're running immediately and did you notice that once the plot required them to start running is when they started running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my issue with that too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, I noticed that too, yeah. but it still looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did look cool. It did look. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, that didn't make any damn sense. Yeah, no sense there at all. Um, but yeah, it was. It was just action packed, man, front to end. It clearly set up for some spinoffs. I want to see the tracker again. What's this, Mister Nobody? Yeah, I think Mr. that Nobody. was boom. That was his name by the end. He looked happy being called Mister Nobody. He's like, "Yeah, you don't know who I am." Oh man, the way the way he befriended uh, John Wick that was cool too. Um, saving his dog, of course, of course, because he dog. saved his dog. Of course, that's hey, how it was going to be. And that dog was about to die from the killer, uh, played by Scott Atkins. And the dog remembered it because at the end, remember what happened? <laughs> he. Uh, when he goes for that that last henchman, God, the Hispanic yeah. one. Well, I don't know yeah, if he Killa. could be Spanish. Yeah, is that his name? name? Killer, Killer. Yeah, yeah. Um, played by Scott Atkins. Uh, and then the dog like fucking ends up like biting his nuts. And then uh, Tracker, right, Mister Nobody, comes up to him and he's like, "You tried killing my pooch." Boom! Blasts him with a shotgun right in the face. And then my favorite part was. And I, I don't know if this, your your theater did this, but immediately the dog was like, I remember you tried killing me. So he pisses on his fucking face after he <laughs> killed him. There's everyone, a little bit of cheese there, but I liked it. It was, it was a lot of cheese, but everyone in my theater clapped and laughed. And I was one of those people that laughed. And then I saw, as soon as I heard some clapping, I was like, you know what? I'm going to clap too, bro. Fuck it. They're like, that was awesome. Hey, but Scott Adkins pay, played the German with the gold teeth. Oh, he did. That, oh, yeah, the guy that played the he, played the henchman. He was like, ah, oh, god. You know what? He was, he was the main. Let, henchman. let me look at him. Let me look it up. Yeah, he was the main henchman. Uh, Marco Zador. Marco Zador. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, listeners. Um, he did an amazing job in all his fights, <laughs> too. And he's still alive at the end. We might get some. We might get no. another fight with him, right? No, no, he killed him, and the dog pissed on his face. Oh, yeah, you're right. You just said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stupid, stupid. Uh, so anyway, stupid. I want to see Akita's uh, spinoff for sure. I definitely want to see. So there was a, uh, uh, a cut scene. At, yeah, post-credit scene, which you saw, right? Yes, I waited. Because you guys said it. I wouldn't have waited. I wouldn't have known. Oh, dude, it, I, I would have I would have waited if it wasn't for uh, um, or one of our friends. I was like, hey, there's a cutscene at the end. Make sure you stay. I was like, oh. It, it, I feel like I could have YouTubed it. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Instead of having a whole, I'm like, oh, I got to pee. I got to pee. I got to pee. You know, uh, it was a long ass movie, almost three hours. <laughs> so uh, seeing the cutscene, I was like, oh, that's cool. But like, damn, that sucks for Don, uh, Donnie Yen's character, the blind guy. Yeah. Because hey. he's finally going to go see his daughter. Oh, sorry. What are the bets? What are the bets that his daughter's also a martial artist somehow? Uh, huge bet. <laughs> right? I, I just yeah. feel like it's got to be like this vicious cycle that they're going to do with these characters. Uh, so I definitely, I'm excited to see it. They paid tribute to Lance Reddick in our theater. They had a little memorial there right before the movie started. Uh, yeah, sad they, to see him he... go. And he gets killed in the movie too. Ah, I know. I liked his character in the movie too, man. It was just like, uh, when I when I 
obviously when we got the the news on social media that he actually the real Lance Reddick passed away and we're like oh damn this so this is like his last movie too so uh when he died in the movie I was like kind of hit dude kind of hit me right there in the chest you know I was like oh and I mean it's funny because I'm but interesting that the whole movie uh at least for Winston's character right is to get revenge for Lance Reddick's character's death so I felt like it was the movie itself was a good homage uh I felt like John Wick's last hoorah right there with the final duel uh, where he finally gets the marquee to make a mistake and shoots him like the punk bitch that he is. Well, was fantastic. I feel like when John Wick told uh, Donnie Yen's character, is like, hey, he says something and then instantly it told Donnie Yen that I was like, oh, like he's like, I'm gonna let you shoot me, but like, don't kill me kind of thing, right? Because if you notice, John Wick doesn't pull the trigger on that last one. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly... That what, was on purpose, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he was oh. hoping for it, and sure enough, the Marquis bit, and he wanted to have the kill. He wanted to be the one to do it. <laughs> Winston's like, you idiot. He's like, he's like, he didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> I Boom, the, straight like to the He head. tries to give him a pep talk at the beginning. He's like, remember, he's all, fuck off! <laughs> yeah. I have your daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, so quick! Didn't even let him get the words out. He's all fuck off. <laughs> uh, great movie, man. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Ah, oh, gosh, what would you what would you rate this film, man? Um, John Wick Four. I'd give it a solid eight point three. Nice. I'd give it an eight point one. I'd give it an 8.1. And so, uh, you said you were thinking about this might be your favorite John Wick movie. I yes. actually, I ranked them yesterday in my head, and I'm going to go with John Wick 2, John Wick 3, John Wick 4, John Wick 1. Wow. So this is your third, your but second I, to last. I love all these movies. I love all of them. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's that it's it's just the way that uh in John Wick two the way that he would kill people like I think in John Wick two if I'm not mistaken is the pencil kill right that shit was badass. God, I'm gonna have to rewatch. I'm gonna have to rewatch. I was just saying the other day that I need to rewatch all the films. Uh, speaking of pencil, I love how I love how the henchman just has a pencil in his hand right through his hand right before he dies too. Like anything is a weapon in those movies and it's fantastic yeah and i think it played homage to the the second movie right because mm-hmm. like that, that anything is a, a weapon one. yeah so i thought that was cool but yeah great film it is definitely what one would call cinema yeah, uh, it I is very wish, cinematic uh, i would definitely go watch it in theaters again and i think i would like to take my dad because my dad like loves action movies like this so i'm like i gotta take my dad to go see this because i'd be down to go see it again <laughs> I know I got to take Gabby to see it because she likes action movies like this too. So <laughs> we got to we got to get that done, and we highly recommend it, guys. You heard it here on Revenge of the Pod. At least an eight from us. Um, but that's it for us today, Jason. You got any shout outs? Uh, yeah, man. Just uh, you know, shout out to uh, the listeners uh, out there. We gave you guys a special mailbag episode, so we appreciate you guys and uh, appreciate you guys for sticking with us and listening to us and hopefully enjoying our content and uh shout out to all our supporters especially our loved ones jamie especially uh my my family too that constantly listen as well 
uh, and our friends out there too. So love all you guys. Same shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to Gabby for helping me out all the time. Uh, shout out to all you teachers out there. <laughs> I was re- having a recent conversation about and read a study about how the prestige of teaching has gone down. Like people don't see teaching as like a as as a as real an profession. Job. Yeah, they don't see it as a real profession or an important job. Like they know it's important, but at the same time, nobody wants to be a teacher. Nobody thinks they get paid enough. Nobody thinks the job is worth it. Uh, teaching is always just a fallback option. So shout out to all you teachers out there. We know, I know how important it is because I'm one too. <laughs> how do so, I reach these kids? How do I reach them? Uh, but that's it for me, guys. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at revenge underscore of the pod. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week for another episode of Revenge of the Pod.